said yes. I messed up. So this morning, this morning I'll be preaching, and I'll be preaching from uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. As assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey, and then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in such great anxiety. And he said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine human favor. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. to the heart of God. Breathe deep, beloved. I am bringing everyone in. There's nothing to be afraid of. This is your birthplace. There are no requirements on men. This is your birthright. No one is refused. Let down, expand. There is more than enough room. Join me in the deep, refreshing, endless, eternal. Wade in and be refreshed. Let your mind untangle. Let your body rest. Let your spirit be at ease. By waves of love, I will reset your cadence. By my current, get you back on course. My touchable representations on earth, I will birth you again. My sons, my daughters, soaked in my love, and bless you, beloved. Stand and emerge, still dripping of the heart of God, as one fluid hope restored moves. 
movement to alter the environment for the better everywhere you go. Because everywhere you will go, there I am.
some of you may be wondering why I said such a specific date. Uh, and the specific date that I'm referring to, because I didn't say it just yet, is that, Amy, we did 1959 church really, really well in 1975. And why am I saying 1959? In the whole history of the Church of America, of the Church in the United States of America, and I'm talking all denominations, 1959 was when more people went to church than any other year in the history. Since 1959, we have been in a steady decline. Closing our eyes and putting on our spiritual thinking caps and using our spiritual imaginations so that we can reflect on this morning's scripture, we find ourselves in the temple of Jerusalem with Jesus. And as I imagine him gently making his way into the conversation with a group of rabbis, the lead rabbi sitting on the floor with his disciples sitting around him and others standing around them, I see Jesus smoothly yet quickly answering the questions from the back of the group because Jesus has the answers, right? The rabbi encouraging who he cannot see but only hear, and after a few questions or so, he encourages Jesus to come closer, and not too long after, I see Jesus taking the place of the rabbi and soon he is the one teaching, sitting on the floor of the temple with not just the rabbi he replaced, but the other rabbis who were teaching have gathered around too. Who is this boy who knows so much? See, when you went to the temple in Jerusalem, this big, huge, cacophonous room, stone floors, stone walls, stone ceiling, pillars everywhere, there may be a rabbi over here teaching, there's a rabbi here. There may be a rabbi over there settling a dispute. There's rabbis everywhere with their disciples. But I see Jesus somehow going to the center of the room where there is the head rabbi and his head disciples. And he smoothly just takes over the whole thing. And this rabbi over here and that one over there and that one at the back of the room, they all come towards Jesus bringing their disciples with him. That's what I see in my spiritual eye. That's what's taking place that's represented in these stained glass windows you see. And that is where we, Mary and Joseph, find Jesus in his father's house, sharing the stories of creation, redemption, and how to be sustained by both. I don't want us to get lost in the fact that Mary and Joseph lose Jesus for, I think, like four days. In this day and age, that is problematic enough. I want our minds and spiritual imaginations just to stay right here with Jesus in the temple, teaching and learning, learning and teaching. Jesus getting connected, being connected, staying connected to the heart of God with the heart of God's people. And like I said to you before, Trinity is this amazing, beautiful sanctuary, this beautiful church, and, and these beautiful stained glass windows. But in the very back of the sanctuary, most people don't know this window. And it's my favorite stained glass window, probably, well, next to any t 
Tiffany stained glass window. It's probably one of my favorite stained glass windows of all time. They don't go into the church the way that we, when I grew up, we used to go into the church, the front door. They go in church now, the side door, and nobody pays attention to this window because it's at the back. It's between the sanctuary and the narthex. There's a, a tech station there now and people standing and blocking what this window is. It's probably maybe 24 by 36 on the horizontal. It's kind of a small window, but it gives an intimate depiction of Jesus talking to these old men, teaching these old men, coaching and prodding these old men. This is a tight window. Jesus gently sharing and coaxing new thoughts, new perspectives, new views with these people. Jesus trying out a new teaching style, I am almost certain, and sharing a parable or two. The heart of God is like a child who yearns to learn. The kingdom of heaven is like a teacher willing to share what she knows. Tomorrow, my son Seth will embark on the adventure of another school year. Adventure. He will be in the third grade. Can you believe it? He is excited to see his friend Matthew, to show him his teal hair, and to see what color Matthew's hair is, too. He's excited to see his friends he's made over the three years already at Monte Vista Elementary School. He's excited to see which one of those friends is in his class. He's ready to do the reading and writing and arithmetic. Study lions and tigers and bears, oh my. He's ready to have his mind stretched, pushed, and pulled by his teachers. But more than anything, he's ready to get connected again, be connected again, stay connected again. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. For Seth to have succeeded in the second grade, he had to persevere. He had to have grit with and through what it is that he had. Continuous complaining was not going to help him to get through the school year. He persevered going through three quarters of the year, never having met his teacher in person. He persevered being taught on Zoom seven or more times a week. No real human connection to his classmates other than visual and audio. He had to give mercy and grace to his father. Buckets of mercy. Buckets of grace. To a father that had to relearn what he had forgotten in the second grade. A father who had to relearn how to subtract again so that he could teach his son how to subtract the way his teacher and classmates did long story. I don't have time. <laughs> Seth had to learn how to persevere a father who lost his patience and sometimes his temper more often than he would ever care to admit. And yet, a father and a son got connected, were being connected through education, and will now stay connected in a way that they never saw coming and this father is all the more blessed by it and hopes that his son is blessed by it too. 
through perseverance, a father hopefully connected to the heart of a son, and a son most definitely connected to the heart of a father. Jesus goes to the temple, his father's house, to get connected and to be connected and to stay connected to the heart of his father and especially to the heart of his father's people. He drops knowledge on them, not to tear them down, but to lift them up. He wants to tell them the stories of his father so that they can go forth and share what it is that they have learned about the heart of God and his love and his mercy and his grace. That boy, Jesus, got connected to them, was connected to them, and stayed connected to them, leaving an indelible impression on their hearts. Remember, in the use of my spiritual imagination, he has control of the room. All the rabbis and all the disciples of those rabbis are standing around him, listening to him. They're in awe of him. They're amazed by him. The way that he can interpret the word, the old word, in new and insightful ways. Some of those men did not live to see Jesus yet again. But I am sure that they died knowing something more than they ever knew before. And then Jesus leaves with his parents who loved and cared for him to go do church over there, his preferred way of doing church, and to go and get connected and be connected and to stay connected to people in ways old, but especially new, especially new. Morningstar Church and the community that it is in and the community that it is in and so on and so forth is in the middle of a crisis we never thought we would see in any of our lifetimes. We are in a crisis that most of us have only read in books and or seen on the History Channel. We are a church that embraces change better than most because 90% of everything in this building is movable. There are no sacred spaces. See, that church that I grew up in, Steve Georgie, that church, Trinity, that, that 1959 church in 1975, we had a church parlor, Michelle. A church parlor was run by uh, the ladies of the church. It had white carpet and beautiful mid-century modern furniture throughout it, and no child, especially no youth, was ever allowed in the church parlor. And oh my gosh, if you brought a coffee into the church parlor, that might be grounds for you getting kicked out of the church. There is no church parlor here. And we don't have to worry about the white carpet. And we can bring coffee into the sanctuary. The space is malleable, movable, and adaptable. If we needed to, we could clear all these church out to church chairs out in 10 minutes or less. We can move and create space in ways that uh, we need it when we need it. And I'm here to make a call that we continue to be those things in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds. Malleable, movable, adaptable. 
I know that this will be a stretch for most of us. We will be pushed and pulled into the future, kicking, screaming, dragging. But lest I remind you who's holding your hand, pulling you, sometimes pushing you and stretching you, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, gently coaxing, gently reminding, gently persevering with us. Two glasses, half empty, or as some of you might say, two glasses, half full. It could be said that these glasses of water could represent us, some of us, half empty, other of us, half full. But we're actually missing the biggest point. These glasses of water, like us, are refillable. Let me show you. They can be filled again and again, and we, like them, can be filled again and again. Get connected. Be connected. Stay connected. That is how we get refilled. And how do we do that? Well, in this day and age, in this time that we are in, we are to do contemporary church. That means we do the church of right now. We don't do 11th century church here at Morningstar or any other church for that matter. Which means we do the church in the age that we are in. It is August 8th, 2021. 2021. We are now 21st century people. And it makes no sense to look backwards and try to do church like we did in 1959. To take attendance like we did. To connect like we did or to gather like we did in 1959 or 1975, or for that matter, 2019. We are called to be people of hope, and to be hopeful means that we are called to look forward, not backwards. Hope is a present and future tense word. There is no hope in the past. I'm asking you all to get connected to be connected, and to stay connected. This is proactive church, not reactive church. I'm asking you all to be the church, to go and do church not only in tried and true ways, but also to do church in new and creative ways, to be in community together, to worship together, to serve together, to share God's love, mercy, and grace in ways we haven't even thought up yet and ways that have yet to be to reveal to us at all. As each day the morning star rises up and over the Oregon mountains, yes, it is the same old sun, but it is sharing new and different light each and every day. The sun rises again and again to shine light on what is possible and to get connected with us, to be connected with us, and to stay connected with us. That that warmth that we feel on the small of our backs is the gentle hand of the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer, coaxing us along lovingly, mercifully, and gracefully. We get to live with each other every single day with the sun 
when the sun rises and the sun rises. Morningstar, this is how we do church right now. We are called to get connected, to be connected, and to stay connected. We worship in person and online. Hi, everybody. Los South Dakota, California, Colorado, South Africa. Still waiting for that postcard from you. We use tools like our website, which a new one will be dropping soon, so stay tuned. We use Facebook, and we should probably be using Facebook groups too, like online Sunday school classes. We watch whenever, wherever, on YouTube, Facebook, and on our website. See what is taking place at your church in pictures on Instagram. Find out how to get inspired in 140 characters or less on Twitter. Stay tuned with email we send each week, 6 o'clock in the morning on Friday. Just in case you were wondering. Which, by the way, we are needing a name for our email. So you're a vociferous bunch. Let us know what it should be called. You could win dinner for two at Chala's, Steve Georgie. If you are not getting the email, sign up. And if you used to get the email and don't anymore, get with somebody who can help you so they can move it from your junk box to your inbox. In other words, ask for help. Oh, and if you missed last week's sermon but don't have the time to watch it, you can listen to it while you work on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, plus a host of other places that host podcasts as well. And are you on the go and need a gentle reminder of what's going on at Morningstar and need a one-stop shop to get it all, uh, all those places I just mentioned? Download the Morningstar app. It will be improved over the coming weeks, too. It'll help you. It'll help you get connected, be connected, and stay connected. Because it's all about how we stay in touch and in tune with each other and get to know each other, to be engaged to be in connection. You are missing a community that loves football. Hey, guess what? You can sign up for fantasy football. Your fantasy football commissioner is back there, Jason Feltz, his co-commissioner is right up here in the front, Guillermo already. Draft is on Saturday night, uh, August 28th at 8.30. Steve Bunting, Steve Georgie, Tyler Verge, Doug, you're in the middle of nowhere. You can do the draft. You could get together with a group of people who are doing, having fun raising money for ministry and giving each other a hard time while doing it. We need to seek out ways to be in community together that may not be in the old ways, may have to be in new and uncertain and untried ways. Most of y'all in this room at one point in time said, I am never getting a cell phone. It's 2021. Most everybody in this room's got a cell phone, and not just a cell phone, you have a smartphone too that has more computer power than a room full of computers that sent a man to the moon. Think about that. Oh, but if you're missing your phone, you like your phone, guess what? You will be able to call a local number, Michelle, and listen to this week's sermon later in the week 
on your phone. That's coming soon. As followers of Jesus, in the way of John Wesley, we believe in the gift of free will. We believe that it is free will that can connect us to the heart of God. We also believe it is free will that can disconnect us from the heart of God, too. I like to say it this way. You all can retire from your chosen professions. You can quit, but you can't retire from Jesus. So what do I mean by that? So Chelsea, whatever it is that you choose to grow up to be, you can retire from that, but you don't get to retire from Jesus. You can quit, but you don't get to retire from Jesus. We are called by our creator, redeemer, and sustainer to be doers of the word, to do the thing, to make a place for everyone in old, but especially in new ways, to participate knowing it won't be perfect. God knows this sermon isn't. To practice resurrection every day with our God, but especially with each other. To hold fast. And to live slow. Not alone, but, we but we, with each other. As this cartoon says, we only die once. We live every day. Get connected. Be connected. Stay connected. And so on that note, how do you do that? One more way. Guillermo, Alderetti. Like Andretti, but Alderetti. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Stuart. Uh, I'd like to start first and foremost by thanking all the musicians that give their time, and that's their way of staying connected also as well. So for many of them, they put in a lot of time during the week, wake up early on Sundays. Some of them play three Sunday services. Some of them go home thinking about it, wake up in the morning thinking about it, yell at their little kid, you're not getting it right. So, oh, yeah, exactly, excuse me. <laughs> so most definitely. So, so thank you to all the musicians. Randy, your, your direction up here. Uh, and I'll tell you all one thing. I'm never getting behind that set again, okay? <laughs> I have a newfound respect for drummers, uh, and, and things are going to change at home because I'm very hard with Gio. Don't let him know this, but I'm going to kind of back off because there's a lot that he does back there, and my, my hands are sweating all just thinking about it. So uh, anyways, staying connected and getting connected. So I'm not here to talk to you guys about uh, the praise team or, or, wor or music worship or anything. I'm here to talk to you guys about small groups. Some of you may be saying, like, dude, you talked to us about small groups like eight months ago or ten months ago. And we saw some video of you talking about what the plans were for small groups back then. You're right. I did. Oh, talking to the mic. You're right. I did. Can I? I am. <laughs> and um, so what I'm here to, to let you know, all know is that in 2020, we had a lot of challenges in trying to get this program started. Uh, in 2020, we weren't able to get together as brothers and sisters, as a community, and share with each other and launch growth groups the way that we would have wanted to. We had an idea. Um, we had very 
small participation and people who were interested. And it was difficult. We all understand that. Nobody wanted to sit through another Zoom meeting. Nobody wanted to go ahead and and connect once again through Internet with somebody that they'd already been doing so, you know, for su such a long period of time. But we've turned that page, thank God, and Lord willing, we're able to finally, hopefully, get things going on the right, on the right uh, track. Morningstar is blessed to have new leadership here at this store, at this store, gosh, at this church. Thank you, Amy. Exactly. And so uh, with uh, new leadership and new direction, we're also excited to relaunch small groups. And, you know, small groups is a way that if you're looking to get connected, to be connected and stay connected, this is, this is perfect. We have small groups already going on. This is not new to Morningstar. There are many of you here who already participate in a group. And um, as I say, kudos to you. We're here to continue to support you and to give you more direction if that's what you need. But for mo the majority of you, you're already doing a fantastic job, so please continue. For those of you who are not in a growth group uh, and are looking to get connected, this is a great opportunity. Um, what we're going to attempt to do is to launch groups that are sermon-based, groups that are spiritually based in terms of studying the sermon for the week, uh, starting to think about things in a spiritual way so that we can actually be more involved and more connected as well, physically, spiritually, and emotionally on Sunday worship. Uh, and so that's where we want to go with this. Uh, we're going to launch this program the week after Labor Day, so the week of the 15th of September. And we're going to take this opportunity over the course of the next four weeks to take down names of people who are interested. Uh, we all have, uh, you, you'll be, I'll be sharing my email with you here shortly and a way for you guys to be able to contact us as well. Growth groups, as we like to th think of it, is a way for us to grow spiritually with God. But it's also a way that we like to also think of it as growing spiritually with each other. And so therefore, you know, growth groups, small groups, share that commonality between them. And some churches call them core groups, however it is that they want to look at their program. But nonetheless, you know, this is a fantastic way for us to once again get to meet each other and connect with each other. Not only are we going to try to launch groups that share, uh, that are sermon-based, but if you are also involved with people or know people that have the same affinity, the same likings for what you have. I know my third and fourth and fifth best friend in the world are here today. Um, get with them. Get with me. Hey, we like to start a group where, you know, this is what we share in common. This is what we do. But at the same time, we're also going to uh, study and pray and get connected with each other and with the Lord also as well. My email is Guillermo at mstarlc.church. You can also reach Stuart, Amy, and Kathy, the same name or their name, respectively, at the same domain. You could call the church at any time you like throughout the day. They'll be more than happy to give you my phone number if you'd like to connect with me. Uh, and so I really want to go ahead and give you as much information as possible this morning. I know it's kind of a lot to f fit into three to five minutes or the time frame that I have. 
but I really, really am thankful to have this opportunity once again in 2021 to be able to bring leadership into the church and to offer this program to each other. And once again, before I close, we are still seeking musicians. We are seeking other drummers. We are seeking other people who play the spoons, the harmonica, the instruments, so that I don't have to get back there again and we get somebody who actually knows what they're doing. So I thank you all for your time this morning. God bless. I end my time with you all here. Oh, Jesus, who asked questions and told stories, help us raise children who see the power of asking why and sit in the wonders of someone else's story. Help us kindle curiosity when the world whispers there's just one way. Help us spark imagination when the world prefers how it always it's always been. Help us feel passion when the world shouts it's easier not to care. Oh, Jesus, who wept and turned water into wine, help us raise children who weep with those who weep and dance in joy with those who rejoice. Help us model empathy when the world whispers, why bother? Help us clothe ourselves in compassion when the world prefers a hard heart. Help embody love when the world say, says some don't deserve it. Oh Jesus, who knows the aches of humanity, we ask your help in raising children, knowing that if we want kids to be curious, imaginative, and passionate, we must create space for in we must create space for it in our homes, knowing that if we want kids to be empathetic, compassionate, and loving, we must live it out ourselves. A prayer for a new way. From Liturgy for Parents on Instagram. In the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sustainer. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.